welcome to Yes Mother, the podcast about the A&E Show Bates Motel. Tonight we're going to be reading your feedback for the Season 5 episode, Bad Blood. I'm Em. And I'm Sue. Well, that was quite the episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought of you the whole time, I gotta say. <laughs> I, man, when Chick is in almost every scene, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a dream come true. Totally a dream come true. Plus, it just not only that, but there were aspects of this episode I just found fascinating. Hmm. Seeing Norman, dead Norma, and Chick all in scenes together it just blew my <laughs> mind. <laughs> you know, I mean... Being such a fan of the movie and just knowing the movie for most of my life, and then this aspect of the Bates family, I, I just never would I have thought that there would be like a third player in this little, you know, fantasy of Norman's, you know? Oh, yeah. And Chick just did such an awesome job just playing along. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> He sure did. Yeah, I just loved it. And Caleb did some interesting things, and this is just a great episode. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. And really fun. Oh, so great. I mean, this, seriously, just recently watching it and just the one that's most recent on my mind, I'm like, this is my favorite episode so far of the whole series. (laughs) I was really surprised. (laughs) (laughs) So, yep, loved it. Well, we have quite a bit of feedback. We do. We think we better get to it. We're both kind of tired. (laughs) Yep. All right. I'll start, I guess. We're actually starting with an email we got from Carrie from last week. Yeah, Carrie got our feedback in after we had recorded so right so we're going to read one from episode two correct yep yeah okay says hey sue m and hotel guests a really great second episode loved it what i loved about it one the title the convergence of the twain i didn't know it was a poem by hardy but it's still a very good one Uh, is it i thought it was like kipling Mm, I know it was a poem. I just can't remember who. Don't know. Okay. One of us is probably right. (laughs) I Um, probably would have guessed like Robert Frost, you know. (laughs) That's what I, yeah, I thought of him too, but I think it's Kipling. Hmm. But now I'm not so sure. Um, Two, the violin music when Norman is, is driving to see Romero, much like if not the same as the music in the original movie when Marion is driving to Far- Fairvale to see Sam. I didn't notice that. Oh, I did not notice that either. That's awesome. I, I remember in the rain, it's really just choppy music, you know. Right, right. It's like been a couple of years. Of score. It's been since whenever we did our... Mm. 
episode on the movie Psycho that I haven't seen it since then. Yeah, I can picture the Psycho music. I just want to picture Norman's driving music. Right. But I can't. <laughs> um, Two and a half. You know what a sucker I am for the original movie, and at first I was getting irritated that they were changing things when it came to Sam and Marion. But I do like where they are going with it now. Sam was not married in the original. He was divorced and didn't have money to spend on Marion because he was paying alimony and paying off his father's debts, too. Oh, I really thought he was. I forgot he was divorced. I've never paid a lot of attention to Sam. No, I remember that. I remember them talking about that when they're in that hotel room, like in the very first scene or whatever. Yeah, I've just never paid a lot of attention to him. Um... And, of course, Marion had never been to the base motel before, and we see her already with Sam, Mr. David Davidson, in room one. Changes for sure. Yeah. Um, three Norman's finger wiggle at Romero at the prison. Classic Norma. <laughs> <laughs> Norman's a finger wiggler. He's also. the finger wiggler. The yeah. finger wiggler. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he, like, wags that finger quite a bit. Yep. Every season, I believe. Um, wouldn't it be creepy as hell if Head Norma came out and talked to Romero? I'm sure that would be, that will be later in the season. Can't wait. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yep, loving that. Yep. For Emma and Dylan, meh, just okay. I'm sure Dylan will be making his way to White Pine Bay pretty soon. Carrie's just. Sad it's not cupcake boy. <laughs> <laughs> cupcake man. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, five, Caleb. I get why some may have harsh feelings towards Caleb. Sue, I know you must have a spreadsheet listing the reasons of your hate on for Caleb. Just kidding, Sue. I really missed your spreadsheets while I was away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the spreadsheets are going strong. <laughs> and it doesn't take much of a spreadsheet <laughs> to list why I hate Caleb. <laughs> Item one. <laughs> Item one. Raped his sister. <laughs> Says, I will say that it was absolutely wrong what he did to Norma in their past. I'm not condoning that at all. I'm more mad at their parents for forcing them to find comfort in that way because they were so terrible. I just feel that Caleb is so very sorry for his actions, and it killed me when he saw Norma's grave and was holding it and crying. So sad. I thought for sure that Chick was going to flip Caleb over the railing at the back of that bar. Glad they didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I... Yeah. It's horrible what the parents put those kids through. Yeah. But, I don't know. To me, it's still no excuse. There's just well, there's just something it, so inherently wrong with having sex with your sister that that just <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sue can't process. I can't process it. I can't <laughs> process a bad enough childhood that would cause you to do that. <laughs> well, it seemed like a weird ignorance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like almost like neither of them knew better. And then Norma, Norma Louise did. She and figured it out. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then he flipped out on her. Yeah, which I guess can happen, and I suppose it happens. It's just so hard for me to wrap my brain around that I just can't. (laughs) Can't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Six, Chick. I'm liking Chick the more they show him. Of course, he was always, he will always be OB to me, but I like that he is writing down what he's seen. I read that it would be cool if he was really Robert Block, the author of the book Psycho. Interesting. What's up with his clothes? Was that furry jacket made of Pistol River Pocket <laughs> over fur? <laughs> <laughs> I think Chick is a little more environmentally cautious than that because yes. they are endangered. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was made out of just common squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's been a few whisperings that he's Robert Block. In fact, um, it's a long story, but I actually watched this on Monday with Matt, my brother, and Mama Bird, my sister. A.K.A. Amy. (laughs) Amy. (laughs) (laughs) And that was bandied about that maybe he's going to be like Robert Block. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought when I first saw him writing down. I was like, oh, that'd be awesome if they if he was like actually writing the book Psycho. Yeah. Although, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And he'll always be OP to me, too. <laughs> and now Chick. And now Chick. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Carrie thought of having so much Chick in this one. Since she likes him more, the more they show him. We'll see. We probably got more screen time than he's ever had altogether. I think so, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Seven, Norman, a.k.a. Mr. Ultimate Collar Pop. I love that. It was hilarious. I know, and I forgot to mention in the podcast that he, like, totally popped his collar. And then before he walked into the house, he unpopped it. (laughs) When was this? (laughs) This was when he was talking to, when he was at the coffee house, talking to Sam. Oh, yes, 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 that's right. And as he was leaving, he totally popped his collar. And yep. then he fixed it before he walked in the door, because he didn't want to look have too much swagger. <laughs> <laughs> Norma would be on to him like that. <laughs> what do you think you're doing? <laughs> Um, eight, I like Norman and head Norma at the house better than in public. The quirky one-liners are funny for now, but I'm thinking they should slow that down. I know it's going to get pretty dark later, and that may be why there's so much humor now. I guess we'll have to take Norma any way we can get her. Am I right in calling her head Norma? Or is this Norman's Norma created in his head? Oh, I'm getting confused. Too many Normas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just continuing to call her head Norma. Yeah, although we do need to bring this up. Maybe now's a good time when, because now there's a new Norma, and that's when Norman is Norma, whether in the wig or or not. When he's Norma in front of someone else, I feel like we need to come up with like a name because I was getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> 
typing the notes right. Because I'd say Norman, mm. and then I'd say she said, and I was like, wait, she, wait, okay. Oh, is it Norma? Is it Norman? <laughs> Norman's Norma is a little bit of a mouthful. <laughs> I know. How about we Wig Norma? Norma and Normans. We don't have a portmanteau to give them. Because the portmanteau no. is Norman. <laughs> <laughs> Wig Norma? Wig Norma, but sometimes he's not wearing the wig and he's still her, you know? But I think we'd know. I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. Right now, I'll think of Wig Norma, but we might come up with something different. Something better. Yeah. Okay. Since I think that's all my favorites for this episode, I really think at the end, Head Norma's line to Chick should have been... Look at me in there, chick. I'm literally twirling <laughs> my own ass. <laughs> oh, Carrie, we have missed you so much. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> oh, that got me. That's funny. <laughs> I'm literally chilling my own ass. <laughs> if we had anything to say for it, that's, that's what we would have said. That's what we would have had her say. Oh, to be a writer. All right, take care all and show your own ass. The woman in room number nine signing off. <laughs> well, thanks, Carrie. <laughs> Um, okay so last episode I was talking about room assignments with Vicky Mm -hmm. and she emailed us back and said she never was assigned a room and was wondering if the motel was available she'd like a motel room and yes Vicky the motel is available and I'm going to assign you room number two right next to Harold because I think someone needs to be next door to room number one. <laughs> and just, I agree. You know, keep keep an ear to the wall. Like, if you hear <laughs> some screams. <laughs> Maybe try to sneak him out the window and into your room to, for safety. Right. You um, may need a friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've always Harold's always been off in room number one all by himself, and everyone else was. We've had someone in two, down. haven't we? Uh, maybe early on, but they were kicked out long ago. Um, she also emailed in because we were confused about what she was saying about um peeling the flute, the chick peeling the fruit, and just letting the peels lie where they, you know, drop where they lie. And it was when he was peeling the apple at Norm's front door. I don't even remember being confused by it. Yeah, I I remember seeing him do it and just, it didn't even occur to me that was, I don't know, I, I'm just like, eh, a bird's going to go get it or something. I don't know. It's biodegradable. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not littering. Um, okay. So our next feedback, I just thought I'd do those Vicky ones real quick. Um, mm-hmm. 
So next is from Carrie from this episode. And she says, hey, Sue M and hotel slash B&B guests. I'm sorry I got my comic card in too late last week. So I hope I, to do better from now on. Well, you're on a roll being the first one. To- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took that seriously. Good job. <laughs> I enjoyed the last podcast. It was great and very informative. When I saw the podcast listed on Quadruple Z, I thought we were doing a craft night or something. The title was listed as... The Convergence of the Twine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Was that like autocorrect or something? <laughs> I have no idea. I never noticed. I didn't notice either. <laughs> uh, she's like, That's I'm totally cool with that. I love crafting. <laughs> that sounds like a and b activity. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> She says, so I just finished watching Bad Blood. So much blood in this episode, and it was all bad. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was, I guess that was about Caleb. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for a lot of blood, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number one, poor Caleb and his flashback. And that line little Norma Louise told him, as long as we're together, was the same (laughs) line to Norman in the pilot episode. I think we may have to say goodbye to Caleb. He wasn't always a popular guy, right, Sue? (laughs) (laughs) But at least his character knew his limitations and his sins. Yeah, I guess you have a point there. Definitely. Um, I think even if Norma was alive, she wouldn't have wanted him there. It's just one of those scars that, unfortunately, will take a lifetime to heal. I wonder what Norman will put on Caleb's gravestone. Caleb Calhoun. Born, who cares? Death by text. <laughs> Stay away from my mom. <laughs> Death by text. <laughs> Number two. I keep liking Chick, even though he texts and drives. <laughs> Which is weird because he was using cell phone and an electronic recorder and was bragging to that shopkeeper about modern technology not being for him. (laughs) What a hypocrite, Chick. That is fair. (laughs) (laughs) He never expressed any flair for writing before, did he? (laughs) I don't ever think I saw him with a book in the last season. What do you think this is all about? Um, well, I mean, we never saw it, but maybe, and just the way he speaks. He's a philosopher. Yeah. He's a, he's a poet and a philosopher and I can see him. And he, you know, he named three authors. So he's a reader. So he's a reader. And you don't get to have your little deep chick thoughts without being a reader, I don't think. Honestly. I don't think so either. I don't I don't think you speak the way he does without it. But my theory about what it's all about is just money is all. Money honestly. and opportunity. I mean, he could be one of those that's always wanted to be a writer, just never had something to write about. True. 
and here he is with the baits. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> you know, it's like ding 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 ding. <laughs> this is what you write about. You know, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> right. It's like a a novel being just handed to his lap. Yeah. Like. The novel is like writing itself right in front of his eyes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, she says, and you know Norma will be collecting his manuscript and recordings before they kill him. No one rats out Norma. <laughs> That's true. Chick's um, gravestone. Are you planting tomatoes? <laughs> <laughs> She says, ha that's my favorite chick line. I just realized I've been spelling his name wrong. It's chick, like a baby chicken. I do like the C-H-I-K, too, though. Gives it a bit of a flair. Because <laughs> she has been. She's been spelling his name yes. C-H-I-K. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> just didn't really care. <laughs> I didn't care either. <laughs> um, three, Alex. This guy can't catch a break. And then gets shot. <laughs> it's back to prison for him. Which is actually okay, because I would rather him be in prison than have Norma or Norman kill him. Judging from the shock on that kid's face, perhaps he and his mom will help Alex instead of turning him in. Another mother-slash-son relationship for for Alex to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) No gravestone quotes for Alex. He will never die. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Wow. I was like, he just got shot in the stomach. I know! And, I mean, the look on the kid's face, he did not mean to shoot him. Uh, He was like, oh, crap. I get so pissed off about that. That's why you don't point guns Kids having guns and, (laughs) get off my property, I've got a gun. I know. know, Rob and I have our hatred of that kind of thing, and it just, because of this kind of thing. Yes, this is exactly why. It's horrible. Because it happened on accident. That kid didn't know how to handle that gun, obviously. And just trigger happy. Yeah. So I... It'll be interesting to see where this storyline goes. Like, okay, for one thing, it was a shotgun. Yeah. So depending on, like, the size and caliber of, like, the buckshot that, that was in there, you know... It's not necessarily, like, a horrible wound. It's more of a spread-out wound. <laughs> I fig- here, Okay, here's my theory. I figured it was going to be a slow-killing wound to where maybe the kid just runs off and Alex takes the car and with his last few hours gets back to the place and gets uh. killed by <laughs> Norman. It could be. <laughs> it could go that way, or you know, like I said, depending on the size of the buckshot that was in there, it, it could be just something that like peppered him and isn't necessarily life threatening. Like, remember, didn't Cheney shoot someone in the face? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> He did that. So, and I mean, that was like a 75-year-old man in the face. (laughs) That guy survived? And he survived, and he was fine. 
Because it was it was very small buckshot. Because they were hunting like grouse or something. So I'm kind of guessing it's something like that. Like it's it's going to slow them down for a day or two, and maybe this father, this mother and son, will take him in. Because if if they take him to the hospital, and then they've got to admit that they shot him. Yeah. You know. So I don't know. I think he'll. I think he's going to like heal pretty quickly and find his way back to Norman's. Uh, you know. I I just feel like my theory's been validated. The fact that he escaped from prison. I just don't think in his mind he has anything left to live for but to get revenge on Norman. Yeah. And so he just the fact that he escaped, he knew he he's not gonna live a life as a fugitive forever. He's on a suicide mission. And just because he got shot now just means that he has to hurry faster <laughs> <laughs> to carry it out. <laughs> Which I agree. That could be it. It just, it's only episode three, and I just don't see Romero dying early on in the season. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think he's got to recoup for a few days. I think he's going to recoup at this house and then leave. I think they're going to be like, we won't tell anyone that you shot, that we shot you and you don't, we, you know. (laughs) Right. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I was like shocked that he got shot. Me too. And it was so like, just happened and then nothing. I know. (laughs) It's crazy. I love this show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh okay. Four. Madeline. I like this character, but I hate that name. It was a title of an old hair metal song by Winger. <laughs> and the horrible lyrics are <laughs> Madeline, this is love too tough to tame. Madeline, beware of the girl, beware of the pain. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> I'm a child of the 80s, and I hated the hair band so much, I had no idea this was a song. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, we were not hair band people. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever even heard of Winger. Oh, I've Maybe. heard of him. I've heard of him, but I think most of my, you know, my camping group listens to him. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Oy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, she says, yikes, I listened to way too much hair metal in my past. <laughs> At least we can use those lyrics for Madeline's gravestone. <laughs> um, I was very disappointed that we didn't get any of that walk in the woods. That actually did happen, right? It's very hard to tell who's doing what this season. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of... I don't know. I think it was just an innocent walk in the woods. Me too. Nothing nothing happened, so we didn't need to see it. Madeline's alive and fine. I agree. If he would have killed her, he would have turned into mother, and he looked like he had stayed Norman. Oh, he was so happy when he got back. It's like... I I love this Madeline character that it's like making Norman want to be normal. 
I know. And it's so interesting. Everything that's going on with Mother. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. And she's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Mother's going to get jealous. Um, okay, number five, Norman. The wig and dress are totally out there. I'm having difficulty reading for Norman. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry about that, Carrie. You don't need to. <laughs> nope. You don't need to reform. Um, these other characters are so well written that it's hard to see them go. It's so sad to see Head Norma asking him to kill because he really doesn't want to hurt anyone. But his Head Norma side does. Poor Norman. I thought they would bring Marion back this week, but they're really setting that back for a big finish. I'm thinking they will end the series like the original, with Marion going to the cellar and seeing Norma among the ice cubes and frozen hungry men dinners. Then Mr. David Davidson will run down and save her when Norman comes at Marion with his knife. At least I hope so. That is still such a shocking scene, seeing Anthony Perkins in wig and dress, running down those stairs and the knife up and screaming. Gives me the wiggins every time. Norman's gravestone? Move over, you silly woman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, his grave is next to hers. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) And it's not Marion that goes down to the cellar and sees Norman. It's Marion's sister. Right, Marion is the one that gets killed in the shower. Yeah. What's her sister's name? (sighs) I don't remember. Does it start with an A? I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. <sighs> I don't either. Um, I think it's going to be Madeline that witnesses all that. Yeah, I'm feeling that Madeline's going to take the place of her sister. Yeah. Leela Crane? That doesn't even sound Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Leela? Leela or Lila? Lila? It's L-A-L-A. L-I-L-A. Lila. Lila. Okay. That sounds a little more familiar. Yeah, because, yeah, we have a great aunt, Lila. And I I remember, like, putting that together. Like, hmm, I know that name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She says, did I miss a Dylan and Emma scene? Nope. I'm okay with having them on the back burner. I know Dylan will show up, but Norman and Head Norma will let him go because now they know about baby Catherine. Norma knows about baby Catherine, but Norman doesn't yet. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, I think that's all the bad blood I can recall. I had a strawberry lime margarita while watching the episode tonight, so I'm not at full capacity <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> which is probably why I need to go to sleep. Take care until your own ass, Gary. Well, the strawberry margarita wrote amazing gravestones. Oh, <laughs> I, like I that. love the gravestones. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Okay, next we heard from Julia. Her, uh, see, I usually read most of these, and I haven't read any. <laughs> this is fun. Um, she her title is. Chick, Norman, Chick, Chick, Romero, Caleb, more Chick, texting while driving Chick, running over Caleb, Chick, Chick. (laughs) (laughs) Hola, amigos. This was a heart pounder of an episode. 
I was so right about it being an all-time favorite for me. It was overwhelmingly awesome. The sheer chickness alone grounds for five stars. Yep. And as much as I love laughing about how hilarious and crazy Chick can seem at times, he really is so, so smart. He's just crazy enough to know what's up, yet smart enough to change the way he thinks, talks, and acts, depending on the people around him. It's so amusing to watch his realization of Norman's mental state and how he always knows exactly what to do and what to say. I have a feeling he's going to play an even bigger role than he already has in Norman's life and where Norman ultimately ends up this season. I never would have thought back in season three that Mr. Tomato would become such a crucial character. I don't, I'm not sure they did either. I don't think so. I, I agree. I think he's kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I could talk about Chick all day, so I'm going to stop myself there. In other news, Caleb's dead. I know it's been a long time coming, and every time he was on screen since day one, I knew it was only a matter of time before he bit it. I was kind of disappointed initially that there won't be any more Caleb, Chick, Romero, Norman scenes, but I like, but like I said, it's been a long time coming, and Caleb's death was long overdue. There wasn't much else he could bring to the table. The character did his part for the story, and he had to go. I actually am glad he's dead, and he doesn't have to live with the pain of losing his sister, whom as twisted as it is he loved, and he no longer has to live with the guilt he's felt his whole life for what he did to her. Which reminds me, I laughed so hard at Chick's response when Caleb told him how Norma left the house. Because you were raping her? Oh, Chick. <laughs> <laughs> Julia and I think so much alike on this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> About Chick and Caleb. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I'm glad he's dead, but at the same time, I'm not, because now Dylan has lost his mother and his father. I'm absolutely dreading the devastation he's going to feel when he finds out. I just hope and pray that Emma, Dylan, and Katie get the happy ending they so deserve, far, far away from Norman. Speaking of Norman, what the hell, just what the hell, I'm not even going to attempt to discuss the amazing complexity that his brain or this comment card will end up a mile long, so I'm going to leave that to you guys. <laughs> Till next time, Julia in the Razor Clam Room. Uh, P.S. I cannot be the only one who saw Chick walk out of Norma's room, turn the wrong way, realize, wait a second, that's not right, then turn back around and walk past the door again. Insert 500 laughing face emojis. Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I saw it. <laughs> you didn't notice it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's in like the very first scene when he brings Norman the breakfast in bed. Mm-hmm. And tells him, you know, you stay in bed all day. And, you know, I'll be up later and get the tray. And Chick walks out the room and it still shows, like, the door opening. And you see Chick walk past the door. Like, <laughs> turned the other way and went, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, he's the best. Well, thanks, Julia. And, wow. It's amazing how you and I think so much alike on... The love for Chick and the hate for Caleb. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, so our next comment card is from Daniel. And he says, hey, Em and Sue. In a lot of ways, I found this episode hilarious. First, I know we've said it a lot, but Freddie is so, so good as mother. Seeing him glide around the basement with her mannerisms and speech patterns is just absolutely entrancing. 
I did feel we got a bit too much of Caleb's internal world, though, which could have been trimmed to make room for, say, Norman's walk in the wood with Madeline. Also, maybe if they had leaned harder into Caleb's dehydration and deliriousness, all his hallucinations in Norma would have strained my disbeliefness <laughs> or disbeliefless. Yeah, all the stuff coming out of Caleb's mouth about them growing up and being together, we all knew that. Yeah. So. I liked the talk about her look because we've all seen that look and it was kind of fun to have him say it. Yeah, the, <clears throat> like it causes someone to burst into flames or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun to know that she did that as a little girl. Right. But yeah, that is stuff we all knew. We all knew. We didn't need to hear it a second time. I don't know. We'll we'll probably get into it more when we do the recap about Caleb and his deliriousness and hallucinations. Mhm. Yeah, I'm. I think it was more. I think he knew what was going on and was coping. And I don't know. Well, the first one. You you get to see his point of view, where he does think it's Norma until Norman gets closer. And then you see him come to the realization that he's actually talking to Norman. Right. I think it's a mixture of just his eyes being out of focus and Norman sitting kind of far away with a wig on, you know. Plus, I got to believe when you wake up after being knocked out. I mean, I never have done that. I think you're a little... You deserve a little bit of fog for a minute or two. Sure. Uh huh. And then the second one was a dream. Mm hmm. And then the third one, he was starting to lose it a little bit. So I don't know. It didn't just it didn't strain my disbelief. When I saw the previews for it and saw the scenes, I was like, Wow, he's that's oh. kinda crazy that they're having him be that, you know, massive head wound Caleb. We both freaked out, and the option of it being a dream never occurred to either of us. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That third time, though, when I think that was a mixture of him losing it and also, like, I think your brain does amazing things to, like, help you cope with situations and I think it was a coping mechanism like giving into it being Norma so that he could forgive her forgive her or forgive himself or ask her forgiveness you know what I mean yeah I think and and I also think it was a survival technique like you hear about people who I don't know. Like, I remember there's like a My Favorite Murder where they talk about like a girl who gets, they get pulled over by someone and her cousin gets shot and then she gets kidnapped with the guy. Yeah. And she pretends that she's on his side and like with him and like gets him to call 911 and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like the survival tech. Like she knew she had to be on his side and play his game in order to live. And man, her cousin had just gotten shot right in front of her. And that just amazes me that people can do that. And I kind of think that's what Caleb was doing here was, I've got to pretend this is Norma. Well, that's definitely what survive, he did the first time. You know? 
he did that the first time, which I did not ever give Caleb enough credit to be that think on his feet like that. <laughs> but there he did it. He did, yeah. I was kind of surprised that he did, but I think, yeah. Plus, I think just the craziness of the situation. I mean, I think it was like a bunch of things just... Yeah, the third one was different, and it was, yeah, I guess a little just really he was losing it by that time. I think he was losing it and just giving in. Yeah, it was probably easier on his brain to yeah. give in a little bit. Yep, yep. I think it was just a coping a coping thing. Um, okay, he says, okay, the stupidly bad... Okay, the stupidly bad. Do cops really stop at public places to let them use the restroom when transporting a bona fide prisoner like that? I sat there rolling my eyes at his inevitable escape because how could he not when they make it so easy? Oh, and what do you know? Dumbass got a flat tire already. Sorry, that just felt like a lazy comedy of convenient errors with the world's unluckiest fugitive. Right up until that literal shotgun blast to the gut. Of course, I'm sure hapless farmer family will buy his sob story and patch him up fine because he won't tell if they don't. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, you just don't like Romero. <laughs> he hates him so much. <laughs> okay, I don't know a lot about prisons, but I have watched Orange is the New Black. <laughs> and in that show, they actually have a prisoner driving the van, <laughs> doing errands and things. And... From what I know from that is they totally would use a, you know, doing a big transport like that, use a public bathroom. It, that seemed very believable to me. That, yes. Plus, he's a fellow cop. Yeah. And they think it's a trumped up thing he's in prison for anyway. The guy Absolutely. said that's bullshit, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think they're giving him a little bit more freedom or slack or whatever you want to call it because of that. Yeah, I don't think they transport, you know, Hannibal Lecter's and <laughs> rapists and murderers right. so much like that, maybe. I don't know, maybe. Not Hannibal Lecter's. Yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I thought they did it very believably. That's just personally. I, I thought so. I have a problem with it. Yeah. And the flat tire thing. Hmm. He was on a sketchy road. He was on a dirt road for who knows how long. And, yeah. you know, if you've got road tires, dirt road, <laughs> you know, it's going to pop them. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess you just can't In fact, there was no spares. That's where I rolled my eyes. Well, I've driven in cars that don't have spares. Oh. Well. Just people not keeping up with their cars. Yeah. Um, you just can't underestimate the uh, how much hatred for Romero can pepper your views of his scenes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, Daniel. Or, I suppose, to be fair, your love of Romero can pepper your views of his scenes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we will defend him to the end. <laughs> We will make it make sense. Our <laughs> <Yep. laughs> shisher can be very high. Oh, yeah. Norma's not the only shisher. <laughs> 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 
M and Sue can shush. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or I guess that's Emily this season. <laughs> right. <laughs> Formal like Raymond and Ray. <laughs> Raymond. <laughs> Raymond. Um, okay. He says, the whole time Norman was leading up to telling Madeline that she reminds him of his mother, I was like, no, don't do it, Norman. Don't do it. Most girls don't like being compared to your mother. (laughs) It makes me wonder, though, are we and Norman going to get so attached to Madeline that the famous Marion Crane just seems like victim of the week? Speaking of which, should I be worried we never saw her after that? The show loves to take little details like the broken furnace and turn them into major plot points. <laughs> Madeline's fine. But you, you got know, a point about Marion Crane, though. It's true, but if you think about it, how much more than Victim of the Week was the psycho version of Marion Crane? That's true. That was That was one of the things that was so surprising about Psycho was that he killed the main character in the first third of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like in the first act. But, yeah, I mean, I'm so into Madeline right now, it's like, if they never did Marion Crane, I wouldn't care. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think it's going to be that effectful. <laughs> but I also have great respect and trust in these writers and this is Marion Crane is an important maybe a huge part of Psycho story so they're going to do something okay I'll put it this way we got to see the shower scene yes and I'm glad it's not going to be Madeline because I'm too attached to Madeline already so if it happens to Marion and I'm not attached to her I'm okay with that. <laughs> we we just we weren't really attached to Marion Crane in the movie. In the movie, yeah, that's true. We really weren't. Yeah. The movie pretty much takes off after she's killed. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um He says, "Wow, that line because you're both in love with me, but he's your son and you're my brother." I've never seen a show dip its toe into the nuance of the difference between incest as abuse, how I see Caleb, and consanguineous relationships based on consent. How I'd like to see Norma and Norman. I'm guessing that's um, like consensual incest? Like consensual, yeah. That's... That's a word I've never seen. (laughs) (laughs) We don't dip our toe into that world. (laughs) So much. (laughs) He says it was just refreshing to hear the mother personality say it out loud so matter-of-factly. Yeah, I loved that. I loved how, like, no one, whether it be Norman, Caleb, or Head Norma, or Chick, no one was letting Caleb off the hook. <laughs> it's like the writers are telling us, don't forget, viewers, he raped his sister. You know? Well, it makes sense that they, you know, I've been saying this the whole time, that they are making him 
It's just crazy that they're making him likable, so obviously. So it's like they're counteracting that with just not letting us forget that they know. Right. Yeah, it's like they... And give them crap for it. It's like they take you just to where you're going to like them, and then boom, someone's like, oh yeah, you raped your sister. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh yeah. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's pretty good. I love it, because it's like, don't let him get away with that. You know? I think it's great. Yeah, and it's... um her admit you know had norma admitting that she knows that norman loves her um yeah that that was great it is great because norman has said it out loud and it's part of him and head norma is all-knowing right norman's not he doesn't know what goes on with mother but she obviously knows what goes on when it's just Norman. It's like she's sleeping. Not sleeping. It's like she's awake in there. Right. And knows all. So, yeah, she just said it. Yeah. I I thought that was an awesome little exchange. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. But he's your son. Yeah, and you're my brother. <laughs> 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 Poor woman. <laughs> So messed up. <laughs> yep. Um, he says the dinner with Tick was amazing and totally stretched the bounds of what I thought was possible or practical with the familiar psycho arrangement. Yeah, uh, so fun. I love that there's this third party involved. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's Tick. That just makes it even better. <laughs> Already just this wild card weirdo. (laughs) It's just amazing. Um, He says, if Caleb just dies from Chick's banana pill accident. (laughs) Banana pill car accident. accident, I shake my head because it feels like the show wimping out on dealing with the character development consequences of putting that responsibility on either Norman or Mother. See, I disagree. Because having Chick be the one that kills Caleb, now Chick has a secret. You know, he's, he's now he's them. really in cahoots with Norman. Norman, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it like ups the the ante there to me. Like, you know, Chick this whole time has been like. Okay, so I know this secret of this weird kid who thinks he's his mother, she's really dead and frozen in the basement, but now Chick has killed Caleb. Yep. And that just, now he's like got a stake in all this, you know? Now he's got a secret too that Norma and Norman know. (laughs) Norma. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, I like that they had Chick kill him. Yeah, I I can't wait to see what happens next. Because now, you know, I mean, Tick still kind of has the upper hand, but now, now there's this. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I love it. Um, and then he ends with, I would swear 
the Bates family revolver got a lot bigger this episode, or was it just me? <laughs> All for now, Daniel. I honestly didn't notice. I don't pay a lot of attention to the guns. <laughs> I have no idea. I remember seeing it up at, against Norman's head and going, dang, that's a big handgun. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if we saw the other one that close up. I don't know. I'm not I'm not an expert on handguns. I'm more of a rifle person. <laughs> and also, it just seems like such a movie thing to... yeah. Just use whatever looks right for the scene and not really care about the continuity. Right, yeah. But it did seem very big. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Okay, next we have Harold. He says, I was a little surprised with this episode. Based on the Carrie Aaron interview podcast that Emily posted, I thought in this episode we would be in suspense about where Chick's loyalties lie and what he would do. But it was pretty clear from the get-go that he would be sitting back eating cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I love the cookies. I know. (laughs) And gathering notes for his book. (laughs) I think Chick is being a hipster doofus by getting an old typewriter instead of a laptop to write his novel. (laughs) Yes. Not only is the typewriter loud, it means typed words on paper, which Norman can easily find and read. On the other hand, this may also make it easier for the police to figure out what has been going on in case Chick doesn't make it past mid-season. Interesting. I wonder if Chick is going to write about accidentally killing Caleb because he was looking at his phone while driving. I'm thinking not. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not, but I just, I don't know. I like it. I like that now he's part of the story more, you know. He's an active player by killing Caleb. Right. Instead of just an observer. Yeah, I didn't think about how that would mess up his novel. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Something else to think about. Uh, Caleb's death, assuming it was a death, was about as Caleb-y a death as you could have. It was of a piece with his fall that he was building Dylan's cabin. (laughs) That was awesome. Caleb (laughs) Death. I seriously, my first watch, I I laughed so loud and hard. I laughed, but I don't think as loud and hard as when he fell off the roof. The falling off the roof is so amazing. (laughs) When he hits that beam. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. You two correctly predicted that Romero would escape at his earliest opportunity. For a brief moment, I was wondering if he would arrive at the house in the midst of all the Caleb madness. Instead, he got shot in the gut, which in real life would probably mean he is dead, but on TV it means he isn't getting to Norman for at least another episode or two. All right, you missed our uh, buckshot conversation. Buckshot. (laughs) Depends on the size of the buckshot. I thought he was dead, too, because... I'm with you. I, don't, I know nothing about buckshots and calibers. 
I happen to know a lot about buckshot because we have a shotgun and we have <laughs> conversations about it. <laughs> From the previews, it looked like Romero would be a part of the Midnight Madness. Like, did he call it Midnight? No. <laughs> would be part of the Caleb Madness. Right. But he yeah. was not. Uh, so what do you think? When Madeline apologized for the disastrous date, did she mean she just wanted to go out to dinner, or did she mean that she just wanted to go out to dinner with Norman? I'm getting the sense that she is into him. Yeah, I've been having the same thoughts, and I concluded that she just wanted to go out to dinner, but maybe she's not ready to admit to herself that she wanted to be with Norman. That's yeah, I agree. I I think she just wanted to go out, and this was a good excuse. Yeah, have get a little attention from Sam, and just have a night out. She says she's lonely, so she probably she probably spends a lot of time just making you know herself a sandwich for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think she just wanted an excuse to get out. And I think she's uh, I think she's a little into Norman. I think she likes him. I don't I, know if she like like likes him, but she likes him. I think she's a lonely married woman that doesn't get enough attention from her husband. Um yeah. I'm now from that conversation of the mind that she has no idea he's having an affair. Yeah, I was thinking that too, but I'm still So that threw your theory out the window. But I do think that, you know, it's it's right except for that she knows about the affair. It's like, we've drifted apart. Let's get out of Seattle. Maybe she suspected a little, maybe. I just find it, I don't know, kind of surprising that a husband who doesn't want to move agrees to move. Without having, without having <laughs> getting caught in something, you know? No, it made a lot of sense, your theory, but. It, it doesn't make sense after hearing her talk that she knows. Well, because I had that thought. It. And then my second thought was, she still doesn't know Norman that well. Do you tell someone that you barely know something really intimate about like that? You know what I mean? Cheating husband type stuff? Or do you stop at things aren't going well and I'm lonely? You know what I mean? True. Yeah, true. I mean, do you really open up like that? I know some people do, and it's really annoying. True. Although, it sounded like... It sounded... If, if she was going to admit to it, that would have been a time where she might. She looked very vulnerable, she, and... She did, and I... I don't know. I'm still... I'm still torn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Because, you know... I don't know. I guess we can talk about it more later. Yeah. We'll stew over it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be recording the second half tomorrow night, just FYI. So <laughs> yep. we have another day to stew over before we recap. Okay. He His next thing is spoiler section. Don't read anymore. Okay. Like, don't even read it to yourself. I didn't. Because I read, like, the first few words, and I was like, nope, because we haven't watched it yet. Right. So Right. So, 
we heard from Harold actually that there is a the trailer for next week is very spoilery. So Sue and I made the decision that we were going to not watch it, record our podcast, so we're like free from any preconceived notions about what the trailer had in it. And then after we're done, we're going to watch it and then we'll discuss the spoiler section. Just we just want like a white blanket of non spoilery to talk about this episode. Yep. And that'll be good for all of you that did avoid the trailer, so you won't have to worry about us spoiling the trailer. Awesome. Yep. So Yeah, I guess we'll uh we'll talk about it. We'll watch it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well thanks, Harold. All right, we've got some uh as usual, we've got some audio feedback from Matt. A. I'm going to play that now. All right. Take number 10 of feedback <laughs> to Yes Mother. <laughs> you, you do not want to hear takes 1 through 9. Uh, they were terrible. It's rambling nonsense. Uh, and this is going to be more rambling nonsense. But you know what? I'm, we're just going to have to push through it together because i got to get to bed. Um, nearly forgot to watch this week's episode, but remembered just in time. So feedback, coherent thoughts, that's what you're getting. Not really. Um, to start us off, I just want to comment on what Harold wrote on the Yes Mother Facebook group. He had some fake spoilers for next week's episode. He predicted <laughs> that the motel would be overrun with guests from the Homecoming game. Is it a game? Is it a dance? Homecoming? I never went to my homecoming. I don't really know what it is. I don't really have a context for it. It's, it's um, both. It's both. Like where alumni come back to the mo- to the like the town, right? And they go to like their high school. And oh god, I can't think of anything worse than that. They have their twenty anyway, year reunion. They come back. They yep. and they go the to a game. And Norman's having like a psychotic break, but he has to deal with the bad plumbing at the motel. I think that would be <laughs> hilarious. I want to see Norman. <laughs> Having a psychotic break, having having his episodes, well, just trying to manage the uh, the motel. I think that'd be wacky. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> like the mundane of the good, yeah. But hasn't been silly enough. I want more silly on this show. Romero breaks out of jail. Oh, whatever. I felt really bad for Jason. Jason. I mean, he didn't get murdered. That's good. But I thought, you know, that was his car. Like. You know, cars are expensive. I, he he had a 72-month lease. He was like two months away from finishing paying that car off, <laughs> getting out for one of those monthly payments. And then Romero just drives his car into a ditch. Oh, poor Jason. It's really bad for that guy. Is that like covered in your homeowner's insurance? <laughs> what else happened on this episode? If your car gets hijacked. Oh, um, Caleb is still chained up in the basement. Uh, I don't really care about him. I'm glad he got hit by a car. It wasn't as funny as when he fell off that roof, though. <laughs> I mean, I imagine that. Did he fall off the roof? I think he did at some point. Oh, he did, and we discussed it already. Thing with Dylan, and and then was... he like fell off of a beam or something. Yeah. I want to say and then... that happened, but maybe I just maybe I invented that in my mind. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Fell off a beam and then oh, hit a no. beam. Oh, this is turning into take eleven. Oh, they dial it in. Turn dial it back. Too many of us brownies in the show your own ass room. Well, <laughs> Box of wine. Anyway. Um, 
hope she doesn't end up dead. <laughs> Alright, I guess that's it. I don't know. What else happened? This is one of your favorite episodes? Somebody put that on the Facebook group. This is one of like my top three episodes. Me. Really? Yep. Okay. Chick. Chick. Right, Chick is a butler. Chick in a kimono. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of observations. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Entertaining as usual. As always. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Our next one is from Vicky. And she says, Hi, Em and Sue. It was a good episode that had me nervous about what would happen next, so I was on the edge of my seat during most of the episode. Chickshire moved into Norman's place quickly. He's a chef, handyman, and the secret biographer or novel writer. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Chick is like making all the right moves. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot Butler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Miss Madeline Lumens to see you. Thanks, Carl. Oh, funny. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. Chick's the best. Norman calling him out on it. <laughs> Norman and Chick are becoming like my favorite little couple. <laughs> uh, she says, the scene at the dinner table was bizarre and funny. I loved how Norma comments how he doesn't like Chick's kimono, which is really Norman's opinion, and tells Chick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's okay. I've gotten shit about it before. <laughs> I know. I get it. She <laughs> says, I don't even remember what Chick did for a living. <laughs> I don't think we've ever known. He's a sculptor, a gun runner. Um, he just. He takes opportunities and seizes them. <laughs> he is just a chick of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an artist and a, a gun runner. Yep. <laughs> she says, they sure make a strange triplet. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best triplet ever. It's, it's the I, best. <laughs> I could watch Chick, Norma, and Norma scenes all day. <laughs> I know. We could watch a spin-off show. Yep. Um, all the while they were eating dinner, Caleb is chained chained downstairs. Strange. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> then Madeline shows up to this mental mess of a household with fresh baked cookies. I thought it was hilarious when Chick grabbed a cookie. <laughs> made I want a cookie. <laughs> I want a cookie. <laughs> oh my word. Oh man. Um, he says, Madeline sure can't read people or situations, can she? (laughs) (laughs) 
How can she not see how off Chick is and what a weird house Norman lives in? Yet she really doesn't mention any of this, did she? (laughs) (laughs) I think she was kind of wrapped up in her own life. Yeah. She threw some strange looks. I think when Norman suggested (laughs) they went down to the motel, she was really happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's not like she knocked on the door and Chick was like sitting in a kimono in the living room. (laughs) (laughs) He was fixing their window. Yeah. I I could totally buy him as just, you know, this guy in town that has a handyman. Yeah. He does a few things for him. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it was the perfect situation for her to walk in on and make it less weird. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, she says, where's Juno been? In Norman's mind? <laughs> um, I think he only creates Juno when he needs to. Yeah. Uh, she says, I was thinking that Romero was either shot with rock salt or rubber ammo, which at a distance will probably just injure and not kill. Or he has on a vest since they were transferring a high target inmate. The vest would protect him. I just don't see him dying this way. I guess we'll, we'll see. There's no way he dies this way. No, there's like no way now. he dies, and there's no way he had a vest on. But you're right. It's possible it could have been rock salt or rubber ammo. I don't see this backwoods farm family buying anything but just straight up ammo. I don't either. I, I really see, I mean, this kid was what, like maybe 14 or 15? Uh-huh. I think he was out shooting pockets with the shotgun. You know? I don't. I think he heard rustling and he was the man of the house. And he grabbed the gun because that's what you do. I thought he came from the other. I thought he came from the other side. Like I thought the house was on Romero's right and the kid came from the left. Like I thought the kid was already out in the woods and just happened to be getting home at the same time Romero was getting into the car. Oh, not me. But I didn't oh, really notice okay. the house and its situation. I just figured maybe Romero had been skulking around their yard for long enough for him to maybe hear it, grab the shotgun, and then sneak around watching him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see the answer. And this is not oh, yeah. how he dies. No way. No. No. He's got shit to do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's got people to kill. <laughs> He or got time for that. To. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, he says, it also seems that nobody can tell if the shooter is female or male. <laughs> I thought it was a male, but I haven't checked. Totally male. I thought male, yeah. I didn't even... Well, I think I questioned for a second if it was a female, but I'm like, no way. No, it was a male. Um, goodbye, Caleb. You're gone, but not forgotten. I can't believe Chick hit you with this car. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just love that that's how Caleb dies. You know, and it makes even more sense that scene that we see of Chick doing that funeral pyre thing, you know. Is that spoiler? Mm, I guess so. Well, we did a podcast about it, seeing that scene. We discussed it. But it makes even more sense that that's Caleb. We guessed it was Caleb. 
We did, yeah. But, yeah. It makes even more sense that he would do some sort of, like, I think he feel, he's going to feel bad about it, but I think he'll... But not that bad. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that that's definitely Caleb. I'm calling it now. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um... All right. Well, thanks, Vicky. Yeah. All right. We got Mallory next. She says, oh, my chick. Emoji <laughs> chick. <laughs> hey, Sue and M. What the heck did I just watch? That was amazing. <laughs> From Norman in a dress to chick in a kimono to Batman Romero in his leather jacket. <laughs> Hard eye emojis all around. Norman is Norma in the rocking chair. Good job, Caleb, for reacting so swiftly to Mother in that first scene. I was seriously impressed. Since Caleb just got hit in the head and he isn't the brightest. Yeah, me too. I was totally impressed. Yep. <laughs> he really thought on his feet. Chick, this whole episode was hysterical. When he was eavesdropping on the conversation going on in the basement and then tiptoed away when he heard Norman coming up. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Also, when Norman is going crazy looking for Mother and Chick is all relaxed on the couch dipping into the cookie pack. <laughs> I know. It's like, I just love how Chick just feels like he has some sort of control over this incredibly insane situation. <laughs> and he is just cookies. I, know. I have the best gig in the world. I know. It's like, I was born for this. Because <laughs> it really is. I mean, he is just living out like a horror movie. <laughs> oh, it's terrifying. You know? It's terrifying what is going on around him. <laughs> I know, and I just love how he just deals with it. He won't, he won't unlock Kayla's handcuffs. He's like, nope, that's not my part here. <laughs> Genius. Yep. <clears throat> Romero in a leather jacket. Romero escapes. Romero gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All those things happened. So I think the way that they showed us how Norman can act as mother and then also see her was brilliant. It answered so many questions that I had. Brilliantly done, especially when Norman is on the steps looking at Caleb and you can see mother take over. OMG. The way his hand and facial expressions change is amazing. Yeah. I don't, I can't think of the specific probably moment she's talking about, about Norman acting as mother and then seeing her. And how it answered questions. Um, what am I missing? It's when Chick tells Norman that Caleb is downstairs. So Norman walks down the stairs and sees Caleb. And Caleb's like down there like growling, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Matt called him a caged gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so it's Norman, because Norman had just found out a few seconds before that Caleb was down there. Yes. So he's looking at Caleb, 
and he gets all tense, and then he just relaxes and becomes mother. Yeah. It's okay. like Well, uh, I noticed that. I just didn't see Norman in the scene at all. No, it's Norman being Norma, but looking like Norman. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> we need well, names. Whatever. It was brilliant. It was great. <laughs> the last scene was so intense. I knew Norman wouldn't be able to kill him, though, and Mother would have to take over. But I did not see that Chick would ultimately be the one to kill him. Oh, I just want more. <laughs> Can't wait to hear your thoughts. P.S. Can I have a room in the Nomero Inn, please? Yes, you may. Yes, you may. We will put you in room number four at the Nomero Inn. Nice. Yep, all good stuff. I love this show so much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I saw that it was a spoiler comment. And I saw the name Madeline, and then I switched out. So... I guess we'll wait. I'm not sure it's a spoiler about the preview or what, but I figure it is. Um, it's really not spoilery. Mm. It just, yeah, it's. Oh, I see. Yeah. That they show. I I had no intention of thinking that Madeline was dead. So. No, not at all. No, Madeline is gonna die. Probably a very spectacular and very sad death. And it's <laughs> not going to be off screen, <laughs> right? <laughs> um. So Kimberly says hi, Evan Sue. Chick was the star of this episode. He was able to keep Norman calm, playing along, acting like a therapist, and observing everything. I'm not sure what he's up to. Is he just helping, or does he need a place to stay, or is he taking advantage by writing a book? I all think all three. of the above. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Honestly, though, I think <clears throat> I think in order of which are more important to him, I would guess it's writing the book is the top priority. Place to say second, helping is third. <laughs> but I think they're all important to him. I think they're all important to him, yeah. But I see it seems like he almost could be egging on things to make his book more interesting. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. But I think he also I think he also wants to be the non crazy one there to like to stop any real craziness from happening. You know, I yeah, just because I put I think he, as number three, I, doesn't mean that it doesn't not matter to Chick. Right, Yeah, right. Like, I think he honestly is like, someone's got to be here. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> not only to see how it plays out, but to try, you know. Yeah. But I think he's smart enough, like him not, him not un- locking the handcuffs for Caleb and saying, that's not my place, you know. I think it was a smart move because, A, it it gives him more fodder for his book, but B, it would mean that someone else is playing in this drama between Norma and Norman. Do you know what I mean? Like Like, if Chick is the one that unlocked Caleb's handcuffs and let him go, 
Norma and Norman would get into a fight about who did it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think he wants to just not get involved like that. (laughs) I don't know. Well, I think it was, and I think it was honestly his, like, philosophies. Right. I think he was serious. That's not my place here. Right. Right. Because... I think in his mind, he needs to let this play out naturally how it's going to play out between these, between Norman and head Norma. Yeah, and if he gets in the middle and changes things, it could be disastrous. And we can't ignore the fact that he hates Caleb and right. Caleb ruined his life. Right. Like it could be he's trying to avoid a little bit of like the butterfly effect. Yes. Like I yes. can't change the dynamic. I've got to let Absolutely. it I've got to let it play out naturally. And it's not like it's Emma or Dylan down there. Right. It's Caleb. <laughs> it's Caleb. It's like, so it's I'm easier. <laughs> it's it's less on his conscience. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. She says, um my favorite scene was a dinner with Chick, Norman, and Norma. Loved it when he said he couldn't hear Norma because he was deaf in that ear. <laughs> Jim in the candy corn room. <laughs> Except I was shocked that he asked Norma to repeat herself. Yes. <laughs> My favorite was when he offered Norma curry. <laughs> He's all in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Well, thanks, Kim. Thank you. Oh, that was the last one. Except we got a me taco on Twitter. Oh. Okay, so she says, Welp, that didn't play out at all how I thought it would. It just went off, and I'm literally shaking, so maybe I'll just come back later when I can actually articulate my thoughts. <laughs> a few hours later. Hi, Sue and M. <laughs> <laughs> this one hit me hard. I laughed out loud, cried, was stunned, silent, and left wondering, more so than usual, why it doesn't get all the awards and hype it deserves. Definitely a contender for best episode. I have mixed feelings about Chick, and he was so great in this episode. That dinner scene, iconic. Everyone has their own opinion about Caleb, and mine is that he was human. He did horrible things and made dumb choices, as we all do, but he wasn't a monster. And I honestly believe in the hands of someone else, I wouldn't have liked him, but Kenny Johnson did such a beautiful job. R.I.P. Caleb. Yeah, he's human. He was young. Yeah, I'm I'm a lot more in her camp. I'm with you, me taco. Okay, so now Dylan has two dead parents he doesn't know about. Sob. Yeah, that's true. I know. Um, Freddy was extra brilliant this episode. It broke my heart when Norman talked about how happy he was just walking in the woods with Madeline. That boy just wants to be normal. Yeah, that that was really sad. Mm-hmm. Mother acknowledging that Norman is in love with her. Can we talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> We will probably a little later. We've done it a little bit now, but um, the fact that it's head Norma isn't as like a mind blow to me, right? 
if it had been Norma, Norma, it'd be a lot more impactful. Right. But it, but Head Norma knows his brain. Well, Head Norma is Norman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> when Mother shot the gun at Caleb, why did he duck? She can't really fire a gun, and Norma was Norman was in the scene with her, so I'm confused. Yeah, that is kind of confusing, although imaginary nor okay, here's here's where it gets weird, is that imaginary Norma sent a text I know. <laughs> to Chick using Norman's cell phone. And it actually happened. Yeah. It I was wondering about that timeline too. Sometimes texts take a while to yeah, received, and, especially in small towns and things. Yeah, and especially if you have like a crappy server and a crappy phone, you know. Which chick could? <laughs> I'm surprised chick has a phone. <laughs> right, we're all surprised. He has chick a smartphone. Has a phone. <laughs> so, so I would guess it just yeah. Now, did the text come from Norma Bates or does it say Norman Bates? It said Norman Bates. Oh, okay. So that told me that, you know, Norman did it as mother, but it was actually, you know, just the yeah the imaginary one that said she did it. Therefore, there's something weird going on when Head Norma and Norman are in scenes together talking there's got to be i think maybe it's some sort of convergence of the twain Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we when they're in scenes together especially like that i i don't think we can see them as two separate people you know Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's um him switching back and forth him switching back and forth like I think it's just an example of kind of what I was talking about in the previous episode that I just think the line that separates the two just gets fuzzier. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it just flows back and forth. Yep. And that's an example of it. Yeah, that's where, that's the way I explain it. It is definitely confusing, but it's... uh, it's it is what it is, and I think they're showing that is kind of the case mm-hmm. subtly, you know, with right. little things. And right. I think that text was one of them. I think so too. Um, so she says, "Okay, let me about the text." So, do you think Head Norma suggested the text to him, and then he sent it? No, because she said she already did it. Okay. I really think she did. Okay. Um, I just took... It was just delayed. Okay. Okay. Small town, bad phone delay. <laughs> I get it. I have a sister-in-law with a really old phone, and sometimes it takes... it. There's like hours before a text that I send her comes through to her phone. <laughs> 
Also with, you know, hipsterish typewriter using chick. <laughs> he could be one of those people that shuts his phone off a lot and only turns it on when he really needs it. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes when you do that, it takes a while for your text to yeah. gather themselves and reach your phone. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all agree Chick doesn't have the latest version of the iPhone. <laughs> no, but I believe he does. They all have iPhones in this show. <laughs> they must get a little <laughs> kickback from Apple. Because <laughs> every phone we've ever seen on the show is an iPhone. Mm. So she says Emmys for everyone. And then she sent a little thing that says, Oh yeah, Alex was in this episode too. He escaped and got shot. I watched it happen, but I was too wrapped up in the Chick, Norman, and Caleb show. <laughs> yeah, that kind of is true. I know. <laughs> it was so all about them that that was very shocking to see happen. I never would have. It it was well played, Joe. Yep. <laughs> and then she says, you pronounce my name like Kale. Yes, I am named after a leafy green vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem with Kale. I... Myself enjoy occasional kale in my smoothie and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she said, "I'd love a room at the B and B." Also, I left a review on iTunes a few months back under the name Nomero two seven one four. Thank oh. you so much. Oh, okay, that's awesome. Um, okay, well, me taco, you've got some choices. The rooms that are open at the B&B are the Pistol River Pocket Gopher Room, Blarty with a Chance of Meatballs, Beyond the Sea, and You Throw Me. So let us know because we're not kicking anyone out soon because everyone else who's in the B&B has been sending in feedback so far. This You got a couple good choices there. Yep. A couple silly ones. Yep. <laughs> 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 so the blarty with a chance of meatballs room comes with a segue <laughs> <laughs> and a big glass door <laughs> yep so right on well this this is a good episode it's got people talking yeah it's it was quite an episode. It went places I I don't think many people expected. <laughs> nope. It's so funny, like, sometimes watching it, you know, when I'm watching it doing the recap and doing something like the dinner scene or the living room scene, it's hard to remember that Norm is dead sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Especially when Norman gives her lines that she would have said, you know. Yeah. Like the kimono stuff, <laughs> you know? Uh, I miss he her. He knows her so well. I know. Miss her too. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Well. Okay. okay. Be back, everyone. We'll be back soon with our recap of the episode. Yep. So until then, chill your own ass. Bye.
Recovering from like a five day trip. Uh, a five day trip that was supposed to be like a two day trip. <laughs> <laughs> Three days. <laughs> they had Monday off. The kids, so. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I know I got the last one, but yeah, for some reason it's not. Hmm. My Amalto is just. It's not doing anything. Like the button to start recording was even. I can't even push on it. Anyway, I want to back up recording because if it does that lag again, and I haven't tested, that was what I was getting at, I haven't tested to see if this one did the lag, because if it does it again, I'm not, I'm using a backup. Yeah, that lag. 
That was so annoying. That was really annoying. Yeah. And it, I was in too deep and trying to get it out and kind oh, yeah. of busy that I just, by the time I figured it out, I'm like, well, there's only like 45 minutes. And there's often times where we don't back and forth real fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it wasn't too bad and I could just take out the gap and it just made it seem like you were laughing alone. <laughs> I know. I sounded crazy. <laughs> I seriously, uh, I was listening to it and I was like, I sound like a maniac. <laughs> and then it's finally like, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Like you're doing me a favor. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't too happy with that. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was lame. Because <laughs> all of a sudden I'd be laughing. <laughs> it's like... It's like, all right, I'll join in. I know, yes. (laughs) I sound like a crazy person. You also sounded like you were, you could tell what I was going to say or how my sentence was going to (laughs) finish. Because when I saw your little blurb, I was like, Sue's psychic? What? I was like, I think that's one thing that Em and I do really well is we don't interrupt each other too much. Yeah, and you know, I listen to some podcasts where they do, and it bugs me. Oh, I, I don't like it at all, but we seem to do really well at, like, not... It happens once in a while, but it happened a lot the last one. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, though. It just sounded like it. <laughs> it just made it seem like it did. Oh, man. <laughs> 